power on. The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech Podcast feed. You have got the best in the world, baby. And <laughs> this is one I've wanted to do for months now. Uh, very excited to do, you know, to, to do this episode um, and really putting this under under the gaming grid uh, because, well, we're going to talk about a device that, frankly, over the past 10 years, um, I've shit on a lot. And I'm not going to say that I was wrong in shitting on it because at the time during its lifespan, it deserved any derision, uh, that I gave it. And not that I gave it like harsh derision or anything. I mean, I think I said some complimentary things about it, but you know, we'll, we'll get into it. But bottom line is that now that this device is out of its official lifespan, now I consider it perhaps the greatest console on the planet. But that's only true now. But what are we talking about? Well, I'm sure you already saw it in the uh, podcast title. We are talking about the PlayStation Vita. Uh, the PlayStation Vita was, th this is part of technically part of the eighth generation um, of consoles. And, you know, it like th there were a lot of, well, its main competitor, you could say, was the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, of course, it was the successor to the successful uh, PlayStation Portable, or at least I, I think the PlayStation Portable was successful. But when this was officially released uh, in Japan, it came out in December of 2011. So we're actually celebrating uh, almost 10 years to, to the day uh, because this came out December 17th, 2011. So we're looking at 10 years, uh, you know, on, on the Vita itself as hardware goes. Uh, of course, the rest of the world would end up seeing it in February of 2012. At the time, um, even though this is like part of the eighth generation at the time, uh, it, you know, it was getting released when the Wii was still the big deal. Um, or well, technically the Wii U came out in 2012. So I guess the Wii U would be there, you know, partly as competition, um, and then you would have, I mean, the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 would be the headliners for Microsoft and Sony, respectively. Um, but the Vita, it seems pretty clear Sony had in mind for the Vita to play in conjunction with the PlayStation 4, which wouldn't come out for a year or two after the Vita had already hit store shelves. Um, you know, it's it's interesting I'm not going to go any distance with this and really like Microsoft doesn't need to make a portable console at all. Uh, it is interesting, you know, that, that Microsoft never really went that distance. They never got into that market. Um, I think a lot of people feel that Sony overall was foolhardy for trying to take on Nintendo in the portable gaming market, because certainly plenty tried, um, you know, and outside of like the wonder Swan or, you know, <laughs> Well, the Turbo Express didn't do anything. The Atari Lynx didn't really do anything in comparison. The Game Gear is probably the main competitor that anybody would even remember, um, you know, that took on Nintendo's dominance in portable gaming. Uh, I mean, yeah, you had the Nokia N-Gage, right, which is somewhat, you know, laughable. Um, 
But really, Microsoft never has to do that because because of like Game Pass and, you know, like or what they used to call xCloud, um, b- both of those in conjunction, like you can play, you know, the Xbox library on any screen, right? As long as you have a good enough Internet connection now. And of course, now we have rumblings that Sony is looking at doing the same thing um, where they want to have a cloud service, cloud gaming service that gives you access to uh, a lot of PlayStation's history. Will that include Vita games? Maybe. Um, I mean, partly Vita games relied upon the Vita's touchscreen. So that becomes a, a bit of a concern as to what hardware could actually play it. And that touchscreen factoid will, will play into, you know, I think the importance of owning an actual Vita. Um, but anyway, let, let's talk about the Vita some more. So the Vita itself, um, there are two major models. There's what the, what gets called the PS 1000 and then the PS 2000, uh, version or, or the, the 2000 is also called the slim model. Uh, of the PlayStation Vita. Uh, again, originally came out in 2011 in Japan, but worldwide was discontinued on March 1st, 2019. So it got in a fairly good console life cycle, you know, of what, of almost, you know, seven to eight years, which that's, that's the average life cycle, um, of console generations. Granted that's changing now, but that, that used to be the norm. Um, so you know, I, I wouldn't say that they canceled it as a failure, but they never, you know, they, it seemed like Sony was never interested in making a successor to the PlayStation Vita. So that lends to the credence that, well, you know, it, it, it wasn't a successful device and it was an expensive device to make. Um, I, you know, one of the major re- reasons I think that they did a revision for the PS, you know, from the PS 1000 to the PS 2000, uh, you can see in what is really the major difference between the two. Actually, there are two major differences between them. Uh, with the PS 1000, you have a very premium, I mean, super premium, like metallic slash plastic feel to the device. Uh, it is a luxury device in a very real way. And it has an OLED screen, which in 2011, 2012, not common. That was latest tech. Okay. Um, so, you know, you could see where they were trying to, you know, they're going with this premium feel to try and best Nintendo in the handheld market. Now, that that premium feel comes at a cost. I mean, an OLED screen in 2012, not an inexpensive affair. And I think that's why in fairly short order, you know, in, in just a matter of, I don't know, a couple of years, they end up releasing the PS 2000, which dumps the OLED screen and is entirely plastic. Uh, it really does lose that premium or that luxury feel. I think it still has a perfectly fine premium feel, uh, but it does lose that luxury feel. Uh, the screen difference. Yes, you can see it, but we will talk about that more, you know, when, when we get into it, um, myself, I own a, uh, a PS 2000, I own a slim model, uh, and I was very proactive in wanting, um, the slim model. And, you know, I don't like, I, I don't miss any, any advantage that the PS 1000 had the other, the biggest problem I actually have with the PS 1000 is the proprietary, uh, uh, cable for charging. And I mean that, like, I just, I don't dig that at all. Now it's a shame. I wish the PS, if the PS 2000, if the Vita 2000, the Vita slim, if that had now, so it has a micro USB, 
which is still, you know, popular. It's certainly not proprietary. Um, if it had a USB-C port on it, and in fact, I know there are people out there who modify, you know, they break out the soldering pen, the whole thing. They modify their, their PS uh, Vitas to have USB-C ports on them. Um, there's, believe me, there's times where I'm tempted to do that. In fact, at some point, I'm probably going to have to do a rebuild, uh, on, on my Vita. Um, and when I do that rebuild, I might go all the way and put a USB-C port on it because really it's the last device I have, um, minus say maybe a pair of classic Bluetooth headphones that uses, uh, a, you, you know, a, a micro USB. Now it's easy enough. I, I have a USB-C to US to micro USB adapter that I have on like my keychain. I have tons of them, you know, and they're, they're inexpensive and they work beautifully. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not like you really have to have that USB-C, but for me, admittedly, you know, it, it'd be nice. And I know there are other Sovereign Tech listeners out there who love to have, you know, that, like that one charger to rule them all. Now, as far as power, um, as in like horsepower of the device itself, uh, the Vita is pretty fucking powerful for what it is for a handheld device. Again, I mean, your, your average smartphone today, you know, they're huge, right? They're almost like seven inch devices. Now, um, this isn't that much bigger than your average smartphone today. Uh, you know, that, that gets into that near seven inch range, even if they're like taller, um, has a five inch screen. Okay. And it is a touch screen has a touch panel on the back. Um, you know, it has, it will get into there. There's, there's issues with buttons on this. Not, not to say that there's issues with the buttons that are on it. It's just, there's some that are missing that, that gets, that can be less, that can make it less effective at certain things, but we'll talk about that. Um, has stereo speakers that are forward facing, which I love a far better design than the later refresh of the Nintendo 2DS XL. Um, and you know, that's important to keep in mind that again, really the main competitor here between, you know, for the Vita was the 3DS family. Um, and we're going to talk about that more in a minute. Um, but you have, you know, you have twin analog sticks, uh, that are tiny, but feel really good. Uh, in fact, you can even get, and maybe we'll talk about this more when we get into accessories for the device, some of which I think are necessary. Um, you can get these like little rubber grips that are common on for any video game console that, that has an analog stick that, that gives the stick a little, uh, a little more grippy feel and a little more, you know, just, just a better feel overall. Um, but you have, otherwise you have your more or less standard PlayStation controller setup. Um, you have a D pad that feels really, really slick. Uh, you have a, you know, a PlayStation button that acts like a home button. You have select and start. Um, you have, you know, the square triangle circle X buttons, as you know, them, um, you have an L and an R shoulder button, but you do not have an L2 and R2, nor do you have an L3 or R3. We'll talk about that. Um, you have volume buttons that are not a rocker. Like they're actually two separate buttons. I actually appreciate that. And of course a power button, um, headphone jack, which is nice. Um, you have a slot for, um, you have a slot for, for games themselves when you buy physical copies of games that you can put in and you have a slot for Sony's proprietary, uh, uh, you know, little magic gate, uh, uh, flashcards and which, uh, you know, functioned as, as memory cards, essentially. Uh, these are a lot of people say that that was the real killer, uh, for the Vita was nobody like, because Sony wasn't using micro SD cards, um, 
you know, for memory storage and for any kind of storage, because you can also buy games digitally. You don't have to do physically, but to expand the storage on the Vita, you essentially had to buy Sony's proprietary cards, you know, proprietary memory cards. And uh, those were wildly expensive throughout the history of the Vita. I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, anywhere from $80 to hundreds of dollars. I mean, it was just, it was preposterous what you had to pay for that. Um, and, and that got in the way of what should have been the main driver of sales for the device, which would have been, you know, the PlayStation store. Um, so that's, that's worth mentioning as well, but you know, you're going to say, well, shit, you know, if I need to get one of these, do I have to buy, I mean, do they even make those cards anymore? How long are they going to last? We are going to talk about that. Don't worry. Um, cause this is a device when done right, that can really stand the test of time. Uh, though you may want to buy two. <laughs> um, anyway, it has cameras, has a front facing camera. I mean, these are very low res cameras, nothing super impressive. It does have a rear facing camera as well, uh, that allows for, you know, there's some games to take advantage of that. Uh, but they, they, they are what they are. Uh, and, and that's really it for buttons other than on the back is a, not really a touch screen, but a touch pad. Uh, that can do that has different uh, uh, touch sectors that can do differing things. And we will talk about that later as well. And of course, the the front, whether it's the 1000, you know, the, the PS 1000 version and it's the OLED screen or if it's the slim version and it's the LCD screen. But you do have a very well functioning, very tough uh, touch screen. Um, on, you know, for the, for the main display of the device, uh, that works really, really well. And plenty of games do take advantage of it, even though it does, the touch functionality does feel like an afterthought. More games will take advantage of the touch screen on the actual display as compared to the touch pad on the back, which seems a, like a bit of a gimmick. Um, but we'll actually be glad that it's there when, when we talk about it. So not much different, you know, like the setup overall, is very much like the PlayStation portable, which again was very successful. And as far as games natively available, um, you had with the PlayStation store, you had the capability to buy, uh, you know, PlayStation portable games and play them on the Vita. It can play them natively. Okay. And you had also the ability to buy PS one classics. Uh, so you could play PlayStation one games, some PlayStation one games directly or, you know, from the store. Uh, and, and they play beautifully on this. And again, it's a fairly powerful device. It has a quad core, uh, arm cortex, a nine, you know, for the CPU. And then it has a quad core GPU as well. Uh, so, you know, there, there's, there's plenty of horsepower here to, to handle, you know, PlayStation one games, uh, and to handle the PlayStation portable games, of course, and really to do a whole lot more. And that's what we're going to be talking about here in a minute. But let's take a moment to talk about the games. Um, so, you know, like some of the marketing and major push around the Vita was that it was supposed to be bringing the console level experience into your hand. Uh, in many ways, I feel like and, and it's not until I've really messed with one that I've come to this conclusion in many ways, Sony, you know, like, like they, they did the switch, you know, the Nintendo switch, like they did that design before Nintendo really did. Uh, in fact, ultimately I feel like you could get away with, if you had a Nintendo switch and a PlayStation Vita, um, you have an unmatched, you know, you, you have access to so many, to such an amazing game library between those two. Um, 
But that said, you know, while that's the marketing and eventually the switch would actually become that. And in comparison, perhaps to the PlayStation three or, and certainly besting the PlayStation two, uh, the Vita could, you know, was delivering on that promise of being, you know, a, a, you know, a TV console essentially in your hands. And I mean, like th- this, this idea would go so far as to where they would do uh, PlayStation TV, which would allow you, which was essentially a TV version of you know, a, a version of the Vita that connected directly to your TV and, you know, but didn't work on its own. Um, of course, not every game that you could play on the Vita could be played with PlayStation uh, TV, partly because of touchscreen controls or touchpad controls. Touch controls, we'll just say that. Uh, but, you know, that that that's how far Sony was going with this. But again, overall, it seems that the Vita and uh, you know, regardless of how powerful it was and, you know, effective, perhaps that its design overall was uh, both the PlayStation TV and the Vita itself, um, you know, did did not do well. Now, why do I think that is? Ultimately, I think it comes down to the games. Uh, there are very few killer apps, you know, on on the Vita. There are very few games that you can only play on the Vita. Uh and when you're talking about an eight year life, you know, life cycle, um, you, you can't just have like, you know, 10 games that are worth playing on it. You've, you've got to have like a lot of games. And I think the 3ds, which I've often said during the eighth generation, you know, I had said that this is the best console out there. It's better than the Wii U. It's better than, you know, than like the PlayStation four. It's better than, than the Xbox one. Why? Not because it was, you know, horsepower more powerful or or that it was better because of, uh, you know, all that horsepower, because it it somehow it had more horsepower. Of course, it didn't. It was a portable system. It was better because the game library was just fucking insane. And I don't just mean the game library from Nintendo. I mean, the game library was nuts on the 3DS to say nothing of the fact that you could play the 2D or you could play DS games on it as well throughout the entire life cycle uh, of the 3DS. The 3DS was a bona fide unquestionable success just you know and it's not even the 3d that mattered right but just the system overall was just a wild success and the vita was not and i i don't mean to insult it and we'll, we'll we'll get into that okay but i think that all comes down to there yes there are great games there are great games that largely are only playable on the vita so there are great games for it but there just aren't enough to justify its existence. And so come 2019, the Vita officially meets its end and there's no successor uh, to it, you know, in mind. Um, And and I mean, I'll say it that like, that's in some ways it's a shame, but there's no way that Sony could compete with the switch. They still can't compete with the switch, you know, from Nintendo. So I, I, I mean, just, you know, portable gaming is completely it, Nintendo is just totally dominated it now. It's over. <laughs> right. I think it's so cute that you have, I don't know, whatever, like arm has, or, or no, Qualcomm has like this reference device for portable gaming system and all this other stuff. And it's just like, 
you know, go ahead and yeah, you know, your Android device can actually be, you know, can be a pretty great gaming system if you connect, you know, an 8 you know, Pro 2 controller or whatever to it. And, you know, you rock RetroArch or, you know, whatever you, or even if it's just native Android games, whatever you put on there, that can be a really great, you know, portable gaming system, certainly. But I mean, the Switch just has it. It just, it, the market is cornered. And frankly, when you look at sales, you know, <laughs> the switch was only, you know, was only bested in monthly console sales. What? Almost six years into its life cycle. <laughs> it took six years for, for Sony to finally beat it. You know? <laughs> like, and even then it was only one month and then it went right back to the, the switch dominating. And, and believe me, this is not just because of like, you know, the, the chip shortage and supply chain problems and everything else in, you know, in 2020, 2021, um, maybe, maybe Microsoft and maybe Sony would have beaten, you know, a couple months here and there, but the switch would have just taken right back over. I, I can basically guarantee you that. So it's not really a surprise that Sony got out of the way, you know, and, and like, said, okay, we're just, we're not in handheld gaming. We're, we're not doing it, you know, because the switch is just, it, it's there and it is what it is. So, but I'm glad now that Sony is out of the way because while, you know, I can rip on the Vita for varying things, especially in comparison to its competitors like the 3DS, um, you know, or what would have been the switch even technically for a couple of years there, uh, cause the switch came out in 2017, um, and you know, we can get into, we could even talk about the issue of where Sony, you know, and, and there was a major backlash. There's a huge community that still plays the Vita. It's called, you know, hashtag Vita Island. Um, and I, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Like, I'm glad that there's such a large community and such a, you know, uh, <laughs> excited, passionate community, uh, you know, pushing for the Vita, you know, still being a thing. I mean, you know, Vita games are still coming out. They're, they're not in the, no, there are no games that can come out via the PlayStation store. And what I was going to bring up, in fact, was that, you know, a couple of years ago, or it was about a little over a year ago, Sony came out and said, we're going to shut down the, the PS, the PS Vita store for the Vita. And, and I think for the PlayStation three and people just flipped and said, the fuck you are <laughs> like, you're, you're not going to shut down anything. And while they haven't shut it down yet, they are starting to shut down servers for certain games. They have online functionality like Soul Sacrifice, Soul Sacrifice Delta, Freedom Wars, all those you can play single player as well, by the way. Um, but so, you know, while they haven't shut them down yet, it's probably a matter of time before they do. Uh, but there are new games getting physical releases because you can't even even though they haven't shut down the store uh, they are Sony is not allowing new games to get published to the PlayStation store for the Vita. Um, but you can buy physical copies of games. In fact, games that, you know, kind of to prove my point that they were the switch, you know, before the switch was even really a thing. Uh, a lot of them are games that are available on the switch now that are new games for the switch. So there are games to this day getting released physically, um, for, you know, for the PlayStation Vita. So arguably it's not a dead system. Um, but, you know, in Sony's eyes, it certainly is. But again, I'm glad that that is true. I am glad that Sony has gotten out of the way because now the Vita is living up to or now, now the Vita is just it's a whole other beast. It's not living up to anything. It's just a whole other fucking beast. And ultimately, I think it, you could easily argue it's the greatest console of all time. Now, again, 
Like I said earlier, nobody's mind has been changed here during its official life cycle. You know, it was not the greatest system ever made. It's only the greatest system ever made because Sony has forgotten about it, left it behind, but it's so fucking powerful. And there's such a passionate community behind it that the PlayStation Vita can now, you know, once you install custom firmware on it and, you know, once you, once you hack it, as it were, once you crack it, uh, suddenly this, this, you know, the problem of the Vita not having enough great games <laughs> falls by the wayside. Now you have access to all the games and, and real like, <laughs> I, that's not much of an exaggeration to say you have access to all the games. Um, what I want to tell you about is what happens when you mod a PlayStation Vita. Um, because once you do all bets are off there, I mean, it, it's, it's, it almost becomes more, okay, what can't like, it's, it becomes more trying to figure out what can't I do? with this little handheld console. And really the only thing I can compare it to is the original Xbox, you know, which once you get, you know, again, once Microsoft got out of the way on that, once you got into the custom firmware, once you got into the modding scene of the original Xbox, it's easy to argue that the original Xbox is the greatest console of all time, considering, you know, what, what you can do with it. And the Vita is really the handheld. It's not a handheld Xbox, but it's the handheld, uh, version of that in the abstract where it just seems like there's anything you can do. So, so if you're really into like not owning a TV <laughs> for one, and you're really into, you know, having a, a handheld gaming device, uh, by the way, the battery life on this thing is fucking amazing. Um, I mean, wow. You know, you, you, you get a good six, anywhere between six to 10 hours. I, and the standby time is what's really impressive. Like that, that battery just stays charged amazing uh, on the on the playstation vita but yeah especially if you're somebody who doesn't want to own like a big console doesn't want to have the tv and everything or you know maybe you're like a digital nomad uh you're doing some van life you know all these things this is the fucking system to own baby um you know i mean the switch kind of bests it in that the switch can be just as portable um but and but still allows for two to four players you know as to where this is certainly a single player system, um, you know, all the way, but as long as you don't mind that, you know, you are in for a hell of a time. Um, I am going to put a link in the show notes, a couple links in the show notes to show you, uh, just how easy it is to, uh, and, and it's from a guy, his YouTube channel is called retro game core. I love this guy. <laughs> this guy, this guy is awesome. And he's fairly new to retro gaming. Um, or, or I should, he's not new to retro gaming. He's new to YouTube. Um, but he's already gotten over a hundred thousand subscribers. I've been following him for quite a few months now. Uh, and he just does some of the most professional, just best, frankly, feel good videos. Um, I, I think the guy's out of Hawaii. He is in the U S Navy, but I got to tell you in another life, you know, I, I, <laughs> I could really see calling him brother. Like he's, he's written like paleo cookbooks and all this other stuff. Uh, just a really impressive guy. And, and his videos, I mean, go and subscribe to him now and make sure you hit that bell for every time, because even if it's something you're never going to buy, because here's the thing. So he'll review a lot of, uh, mobile handhelds, you know, like the ones that get made, um, what is it, like the AG 3350 and whatever, you know, ones that, that are all like that are designed and use these differing boards that are designed, uh, 
you know, to, to be like emulation machines, right? Handheld emulation machines. He'll review all of those. Um, but I'm, I can't see myself ever wanting to buy any of those because the Vita can do everything that these things can do most of the time. He'll get into other things too, but I'll still watch every single video because the, the presentation is just so professional. And like I said, it's just really feel good stuff. You know, <laughs> that's one of the things I love about video games is in comparison to all the other horseshit going on. Like you can really get into video games and stay super positive And you know, the rest of the world doesn't come in, you know, Gamergate being the exception, but you, you know, I mean, and yes, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, whatever Activision's doing this week and, you know, and all this jazz and I know, and that shit's horrible, you know? Um, but especially when you stick to retro gaming, like you can just be happy, <laughs> you know? And I, and I feel like he's one of those guys. He, he is one of those guys. He's, he's just genuine you know, tremendous class and style. Um, and you can just be happy. <laughs> you know? It's it's a wonderful thing. Um, so check out, uh, it's retro game core. In fact, when you watch his video, uh, he opens up with music that'll sound very, very familiar to longtime sovereign tech listeners. Uh, cause he uses, uh, hexadecimal genome, which I've used on Sovereign Tech since 2012, you know, since the very first episode. In fact, if you listen to the recent uh, Sovereign Rewind, um, you'll you'll have heard it. Uh, so we so, so we use it's from BitShifter, you know, who I knew years past. Uh, so we, we, it's just funny that like what, the first time I heard him, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, you know, because outside of BitShifter, I think that music's most attached with Sovereign Tech. But I love that he uses it as his theme and he's really owned it. Uh, this guy's just doing some of the best fucking work on the internet, bar none. So anyway, he has a great guide that he came out with in August. Uh, and he shows you just how quickly, and I mean, it's a matter of minutes that, and he does a great job of explaining everything of how you can crack, uh, or, you know, mod a PlayStation Vita. And it is a really simple process now. Uh, especially if you have a windows computer and you're going to want one, I'm not going to re narrate the process because why would I think I'm going to best perfection in, in what retro game core put out there. Um, but here's, so here's the deal. Uh, as far as I know some people, actually, I talked about this ahead of time with some people in the discord, uh, server, and there was a question of, should I get a PS 1000 or should I get the slim version? Should I get the PS 2000? Um, I like the 2000 again, a lot better. It used to be, I don't know that there's the same issue now where it's easier to, um, to mod the 2000 as compared to the 1000. That used to be true. Uh, but I, I, I feel like the 2000 is a lot tougher. Um, the OLED screen doesn't mean that much to me. Uh, there's just overall, I like the 2000 better. Uh, but you can look retro game core actually has videos on the differences between the two and you can decide for yourself and what you think. Um, but I, I, I go with the 2000 and in fact, the 2000 is also cheaper. Here's so here's a couple deals. Um, you can get a, uh, a Vita 2000 for, you know, anywhere between 150 to $600 right now, 150, will get you a used one. And it'll be used one out of Japan. We'll talk about that. $600, you know, and in that range, $300 to $600 could get you a new one in box. So, you know, if you want to go, do I think it's worth $300 to $600? Actually, I absolutely fucking do think it's worth that. So if you really want to get a new one, um, go for it. It's worth that money. 
Is it worth $150? Easy. <laughs> Easy. Again, once modded, it's the greatest system on the planet. Um, you know, I mean, the only thing that matches it, you know, again, would be an original Xbox and matching an inform factor, maybe a Nintendo switch, which is going to cost you much more than $150. Um, there, you also need to get what's called, uh, uh, SD two Vita and it's SD, the number two Vita, um, SD two Vita. And again, this is, this is all of this are in links in the show notes. You can find, you know, where to get this stuff. This is a little card that you know, is in the shape of a Vita cartridge that lets you put a micro SD card in it and you can get a 256 gig micro SD card. I actually recommend going for a 512, like go all the way, because once you realize how much you can play on this thing, you're going to want all of the storage you can fucking get. Okay. Um, once you put in that SD to Vita micro SD card, you know, adapter with the micro SD card in it, you're never going to take it out. Okay. Because the way you set up the way you mod the system and set it up, it runs off of the micro SD card. So you can't really do the Vita. Like your, your whole, the entire system is moved over to this micro SD card. Um, so keep that in mind that, you know, when you do this with a Vita, you're, it's going to be a pain in the ass to go back to playing physical copies, um, of these games, but then you, you don't need to, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, so you're going, you're going to need that. Uh, that, that's kind of like the, the, the key thing, uh, you know, to make, to make this all work is that SD to Vita adapter, but the adapter costs $10, you know, and then the micro SD card depends on what size you get. You know, you're looking at anywhere between 20 to 70, I suppose. So then you'll go through the process of modding it, you know, via software. Um, again, you are going to want a windows computer for a couple things. We'll talk about that. Uh, but it, the, the video the retro game core does was, you know, is 15 minutes long and it really doesn't take you any longer than that. I mean, it's, it's amazing how fast you get this thing modded. Now, once it's modded, you, you then have the option of a few things. One, you can now play, uh, PlayStation Vita games. You know, again, you're going to install them onto the device via your, you know, you'll download it from your computer. You can actually download it with the Vita itself, but it's very slow. I recommend downloading via the computer and you can just put Vita games on there and boom, and you're, you're playing Vita games. So I'll actually, I'll list off for you quick here. Uh, what, what Vita games I have installed on my Vita. And these are essentially the only ones I'm, I'm, you know, would imagine taking the time, you know, to, to play in any form or fashion. Uh, so I'll list these off here. Uh, I mean, could I do a top eight of Vita games? I think that could be a separate episode, but that's also one where, you know, I need to play some of these games to be able to really say that. So I'm not prepared to do a top eight, uh, but there's certainly some games I've played that, that I've, I've really dug. Uh, so there's, well, what is easily the best game on the system. And in my opinion, and it's essentially the reason I went with a Vita, even though what really finally got me sold on getting a Vita was when I realized how much it could do, you know, but for a long time, cause I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I mean, you never say never, but I'm not going to buy a PlayStation three. I'm not going to buy a PlayStation four. I'm sure as fuck not going to buy a PlayStation five. Like I, I have no interest in that. I already have consoles, you know, and I have plenty of consoles with plenty of games that I still have yet to play. Like for the rest of my, you know, <laughs> what some would call a, na a natural life. Um, 
though you know the dark side uh, gives you the ability to some people consider unnatural but anyway <clears throat> excuse me um I'm, you know in my natural lifetime like what i have right now as far as games i'd, I'd be playing them all the way to the end <laughs> so i don't need to buy new consoles ever um but anyway so some of these games that i'm about, about to list off are available like on the playstation 4 like dragon's crown which again, I think is the best game for the system and the reason that I got it. Uh, that is available uh, on the PlayStation 4. I don't recall if it got released elsewhere, um, but you know, I'm just fine and dandy because most of the enhancements, you know, other than maybe some like upscaling with graphics, the enhancements made for like the PS4 version were, you know, uh, uh, downstreamed to the PS Vita version with like the voice acting and everything else. Uh, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a mix between streets of rage and Skyrim. Like that, that's how I could describe the game to you. And it is an absolute work of art. Like it is a gorgeous game. It looks like you're playing a painting. Uh, of course we can think of some Zelda games like that. Right. But anyway, <laughs> but it really, it looks like you're playing a painting. It is, it is a masterpiece of a game and worth, frankly, I think it's worth the Vita alone. Um, but there's, there's more here. So it's, again, we're only talking about Vita games. So Dragon's Crown, uh, Dead or Alive, uh, Dead or Alive 5 Plus. Uh, that's a great fighting game, of course. Dead or Alive Extreme 3 Venus. Uh, I have Dynasty Warriors 8 Extreme Legends Collector's Edition. Uh, Metal Gear Solid HD. Um, of course, which that has actually two games, right? That has Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. Uh, or is that 4? Well, anyway, uh, Wipeout 2048. Uh, ultimate ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 mortal kombat which is technically mortal kombat 9 uh txk which is the latest version of tempest beautiful game uh killzone mercenary operation uh babel galgun double piece darius burst cs gravity rush which gravity rush i would put in the top three games on the system right now uh injustice which of course is the mortal kombat versus dc uh the god of war collection uh, Soldner X2, Norn 9, uh, Geometry Wars, uh, Dimensions, Persona 4 Golden, uh, Tearaway, Soul Sacrifice Delta, PlayStation All-Stars, Dead Nation, New Little King's Story, which Little King's Story, if you never played that on the Wii, boy, did you miss out. New Little King's Story, a lot of fun. Uh, Odin Sphere, Lefthrasser, I don't think I said that right, but anyway, Ridge Racer, which is dynamite on the Vita. Uh, the, the newer, I mean, they didn't give it like a number or anything, but it's a newer version of Ridge Racer and it's amazing. Uh, Ninja Gaiden's, uh, Sigma two plus or Rezogun 2064 Ninja Gaiden Sigma plus, uh, blaze blue extend blaze blue EX horizon chase. Aha. And yes, it's turbo, uh, Xeno crisis. Yeah. How's he playing these? We'll talk about it <laughs> because these were not like, you know, in the PlayStation store. Unmetal uh, Sense, uh, uh, that's the, what is it, the cyberpunk ghost story, right? Uh, Cursed Castilla, uh, Synergia, Skull Pirates, Velocity Ultra, and Velocity 2X. Velocity 2X you can get on most consoles, uh, you know, probably in the top 100 games in history. So, you know, I put it here. Virtua Tennis 4, Skullgirls Second Encore, Grim Fandango Remastered, um, Atari Flashback Classics, Full Throttle. Yeah, baby. 
every system gets Grim Fandango, which is a classic point and click from Lucas uh, Lucas Arts back in the '90s. But not every system gets full throttle. The Vita did, and it's brilliant when they did the remaster. That another one where boy, what a great! <laughs> it's great to have the Vita. Um, and then the Bard's Tale remastered, Spy Hunter and Jet Set Radio. Of course, one of the also one of the greatest games ever made anywhere. Um, so those are the Vita games that I have on here, you know, and, and I mean, maybe there's a couple more out there that I would put out that I would put on there. Um, but I don't really feel I need them. And in fact, I don't other than like Dragon's Crown and a couple other games, I really don't spend a whole lot of time playing Vita games on my Vita. Why? Because it can play fucking everything else. <laughs> because at the end of the day, what I really think the Vita as I think of the Vita as the best PlayStation one ever released. That's what I really think of the Vita. Um, because so now you can put on other software. Okay. So, you, so as soon as you mod it, you can start popping on your Vita games, right? But you can put on other software and, you know, to talk about the software, there's really, again, very little, and I don't just mean in what consoles it can emulate and play, but there's actually very little the Vita can't do. It's very much a mini computer. And Sony had had the dream for a very long time for their PlayStation consoles to be, you know, mini PCs. Like you used to be able to put Linux on the PlayStation 3. Used to. Sony killed that because people were pirating games. But, you know, via that 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 functionality. But that that's a whole other, you know, George Hotz, whoo, that's a whole other whole other story. Um anyway, you can start putting on other software and emulators uh onto you know onto the Vita once you have it modded. Uh one of those, and perhaps the most important, is what's called adrenaline. Now, adrenaline gives you access to the Vita's native ability to play PlayStation portable games. Okay. You know, the previous, the, or the, the, the predecessor to the Vita as well as PlayStation one games. Now the PlayStation, the PlayStation one games, and there's a couple ways that you can get your hands on these things, uh, as well as the Vita games. There is a browser, a specific browser made for windows Okay, uh, called No PayStation, as in you're not going to pay for it. It's called No PayStation, and that gives you access to hundreds of Vita games, PlayStation Portable games, as well as PlayStation One games. To play PlayStation One games on the Vita or on the PlayStation Portable, if you happen to have one of those cracked or modded, um, the they you have what is it like the eboot format? It's a very specific format. It's not just, you can't just copy and paste uh, an ISO. You know, you can't just copy paste a disc image onto the device and then it works. Um, but all this gets done in Adrenaline and you can play, you know, as long as you have it in, in an eboot format, you can play any PlayStation 1 game on it and it works brilliantly. Okay, the PlayStation Store itself built into the system, you know, had uh, had some PlayStation one classics, but really you can play any one that you want, even, you know, modded versions or, you know, like like patched versions of PlayStation games like you could play Police Knots, right, which never got a Western release, uh, but it has a very famous English English patched version. Um, so, you know, you, you can do all of that. 
you know, I was bringing up about the, about the computer, the mini computer thing. I mean, this has a web browser, an email client, a chat client. It has all this shit built into it. Some of which won't work without PlayStation servers or, you know, without Sony servers, others of which work right off the device, um, and work exceptionally well. Um, there's even, you know, when you go to the PlayStation store, which again is still functioning, you can get apps like there are apps and, and we're going to go a little further than that, but there are also other apps that allow for differing functionality, like watching movies and things like this, but we'll talk about that. But with adrenaline installed, uh, then you get, again, you get access to, you know, playing whatever PlayStation portable game you want to play and whatever PS one game that you want to play. Now the challenge that you're going to run into not with PlayStation portable, cause they had the same button layout as the, as the Vita does now. Um, the challenge is with some PlayStation one games, we talked, we mentioned this briefly earlier, you need the L two and R two buttons, L three and R three don't really matter. You do have the dual analog sticks, so that's fine, but you do need, you know, L two and R two, like say with colony wars, which, you know, that whole trilogy is, those are some of the best games ever made for the PlayStation one, actually some of the best games ever made. Uh, so how do you solve this? Well, there's two ways that you can solve this with adrenaline. You can actually, uh, set up to where the rear touchpad on the Vita can act. The different touch zones can act as buttons, but it's a bit of a funny reach, even for me. And I have huge hands. It's a bit of a funny reach to do that. And the touchpad, you know, like it, it, it can be iffy for, for, for it to work. Okay. Um, and also one of the most common flaws that you get, especially if you're buying a, uh, a Vita, like a used Vita, the touchpad on the back is often very scratched and that can create varying issues. Okay. Um, it's one of the easiest things to really be damaged, uh, especially because it's kind of glossy, uh, you know, on the, on the whole device itself. You know, I want to take a second before I get into this with the L2 and R2 and how to fix it. I want to take a second that when you are buying these, the best way to get an inexpensive one is to buy a Japanese model. It'll take a little while, maybe a couple weeks longer to get to you. Okay. So be patient, but you'll get a cheaper price. It'll probably be in better shape. And not only that here, here's, this is where things are going to get a little odd, but it's not so much of an issue in Japan. The X button and the circle button for, for the place, for any PlayStation console, their functionality is reversed. Okay. As to where circle is usually like the back button in America and X is like enter or activate it's reversed in Japan. And there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Now, when you're playing in a PlayStation, you know, even the, again, it's easy enough to set this up to where it's all in English and all of that, but you have to get used to the circle button function, you know, circle and X being reversed and that, and there's a different feel. And it takes a little while to get used to that, especially if you've been playing PlayStation games for a huge chunk of your life, like myself. That said, one of the beauties here with, you know, using adrenaline on this is that you get the chance to play, um, you know, like, like English patched games and those games, while they are patched to where you, you can now read what's beyond the screen, uh, there's their control scheme is still the Japanese control scheme. So it's really a good way of getting you used to using the circle button, the way that it's used in Japan. Um, but if you're playing an American version of a PlayStation game, 
or of a Vita game or of a PlayStation portable game or whatever, the X button will act like an American X button. Okay. Like the American setup. So you don't have to worry about that. It's just when you're navigating the menus that you're going to have to get used to, you know, the circle button being your enter that, that, that that's, that's the main difference here. Um, so you have adrenaline, you have access to all of these PlayStation one games. And I mean, I can't tell you how many I fucking have on here. <laughs> there are so many that that's why I said, get a 512 gig card because you are in for the time of your life. Um, but you got to get that L2 and R2 for some of the games, not all, but quite a few of them. And the best way to do that, I'll put a link in the show notes for it. Um, there is a, it's not really a case, but it's kind of like an extended grip. Like you get those grip expanders for like the Nintendo switch, right? It's like a grip that you can put on. And what it'll do is it'll put an L2 and an R2 button at the top. And it'll have a little pad that very firmly presses on the touchpad on the back. So even if your touchpad is really scratched up, um, the, the, you know, the little pad that, that activates with the L2 and R2 trigger buttons that comes on with this, you know, grip that you buy, uh, it hits every time. I've never had an issue with it. You can even buy a grip and I'll put, if I think of it, I'll put both of them in there. You can even buy a grip that has like uh, little, little toggle buttons that come over sort of like the top corners of the screen that will give you L3 and R3. So it'll even give you more buttons. Um, and that's the one that I have. Uh, I, I feel like it kind of ruins the slimness of the device, but you know, if you want ultimate functionality, I guess, or maximum functionality. Uh, it's not a bad idea to have those toggles. You, you can look into them. So it's easy to resolve this. You do not have to buy, there's a company called Hori, H-O-R-I, uh, which I, you know, buy plenty. I've bought plenty of their accessories in the past for like, you know, Nintendo consoles and whatever, whatever else. They have a very famous uh, grip that adds L2 and R2. That will cost you more than your Vita. Uh, that'll cost you anywhere from 150 to $200, uh, to get their official version. There are versions of it though. They're not made by Hori and they're not as comfortable admittedly, but there are versions on Amazon that you can get for 25 bucks, you know? And, and I think for the amount of games that actually use it, I think spending the $25 is a, is a fine and dandy thing. Um, you know, because there's some game like, so the game I probably played the most on this so far, I was actually playing the PlayStation one version of Dune 2000 and I wiped the floor with it. It was awesome to, to play, you know, with, with this, uh, with the Vita, you know, to have like a portable RTS. Now I tried playing like red alert and command and conquer and everything. Those games don't play as well. Dune 2000, the PlayStation one version was tailored for the PlayStation one. Um, even though you could get the mouse for your PlayStation one, right. If you really wanted to go that distance. Um, so that, that worked really, really well for me, but it was also a game that, I mean, like I was, you know, playing for hours and hours and hours and hours on end. And if I had to use that grip, the L2 and R2 grip, that would have been pretty uncomfortable playing that amount of time. But fortunately it's a game where L2 and R2 don't do anything. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but in, for most of the games that you want to play, like I think the $25 grips are going to do you just fine on a cost benefit analysis overall. Okay. So you can play, uh, PlayStation Vita games. You can play PlayStation portable games. You can play PS one games. What else can you do on this thing? Well, before we get into the emulators, even, um, another piece of kit, another, another app you're going to want to install on this is what's called the Vita homebrew browser. 
And it is just that it is a browser that works like the PlayStation store. It, you know, it's a digital eShop that will let you download ports and apps, you know, games, ports of games, custom games, you know, homebrew games, and as in ones that were never officially released and uh, apps for your system. So my, my homebrew, <laughs> my homebrew, like you can, you can do folders on this, which is really nice. Uh, there are some apps that I grabbed, like, uh, there is, there, there's an app that allows you to read comic books like CBR files, um, on the Vita. There are great movie, pl- actually there's already a built in great movie player and a great music player. So if you wanted to put movies and if you, and again, you only have a 720p screen here, so, you know, don't get too crazy. Uh, like what's the point of watching 4k video? Um, you know, and, and you, there's an MP3 player built into it. There's there's a lot of that stuff. And, you know, you can even use it as a camera if you really wanted. It's a shitty one, but you could even use it as that. Uh, but there, there's lots of little apps like that, that that you can install and that you can get from the Homebrew browser. Um, and, and there's there's others. There's ways of, like, customizing and everything. Like, there's a custom themes manager, which lets you change the theme uh, of, you know, the main menu of your Vita, uh, which some of those can be really, really nice. So... Anyway, uh, I, I bring all that up just to say, like, it is amazing what you can do with this thing. Like, this really can be your media consumption device all the way. Um, and, you know, arguably, like, what what keeps you from just doing this with, like, a, you know, a, a new and similarly priced uh, a Kindle Fire, you know, from Amazon? You can go pretty far with a Kindle Fire. Like you can install Duck Station, you can install RetroArch, you can install this other stuff, and and really turn a Kindle Fire into an awesome media consumption machine, right? Once you install Afteroid, you know, and 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 whatever else. Uh, but you're not going to be able to play the Vita games. So, and, and in fact, I should bring that up quick too, like, because a lot of what I'm talking about here, you can just do on any Android device, not not even a Kindle Fire. You can do it on almost any Android device. Uh, for me, the difference, you know, and, and like, it kind of sucks because like, say you use duck station or even RetroArch, like you can upscale the graphics on PlayStation one games. Right. And they look amazing. Uh, you know, when everything's smoothed out and, and upscaled, it's, it's a really nice effect. You're not going to do that on the Vita. That's just, that's not going to happen. Um, but that said, I mean, I don't, you know, I like to be able to get away from my phone for one. Um, also I don't want to drain my phone battery. I'd rather drain a separate devices battery to do all this. And more importantly, emulation for Vita games themselves is in very nascent to non-existent stages. So, you know, you get to do everything that your Android device can do, but also play, you know, triple a PlayStation Vita games. For me, that makes the Vita an easy choice. Uh, you know, even if I can't do some of the fancy upscaling on PlayStation games, um, you know, and, and, and some other things, it, it's still, you know, such a brilliant choice. Now back to the Vita homebrew browser. Um, there are tons of games that you cannot believe exist for the Vita. Uh, one of them in fact is Dune legacy. You know, I mentioned Dune 2000 Dune legacy is an update, an updated version of, or, well, it's a way of updating Dune 2, you know, the original RTS Dune 2. Um, so that's on here. Of course, you have to port all of your own files to it. That's also true for um, something that recently came out is you can play Vice City. You can play Grand Theft Auto Vice City um, on a Vita. 
the PlayStation 2 version, which is better than that horse shit that Rockstar just put out with the trilogy. But you have to, like, copy over files from the PC version of Vice City, you know, to make that happen. Um, I hope that this becomes more popular with PlayStation 2 games, but I don't know how many that would be true for, because not a lot of PlayStation 2 games were ported to PC, which is the which are the files that you actually need to make this work. But that said, there are PC games on here. Um, as far as homebrew games, you have Shadow Warrior, uh, you have Postal, the original Postal, you have Quake, Quake 2. Uh, in fact, the version of Quake on here is gorgeous. Uh, you also have, uh, <laughs> this is amazing to me, talk about gorgeous, Blake Stone. Blake Stone, there were two Blake Stone games back in the day, Aliens of Gold and another one. These were early first-person shooters from the 90s, like Wolfenstein 3D style. Okay. And yes, of course you can put doom on here. The original doom. Um, they have both of them available here via homebrew that play natively beautifully. And like, they, they look amazing on this. I haven't seen, and I've played these games a lot. I even play them, you know, via GOG. I haven't seen these games ever look this good. Uh, so there's a lot of classic shit to get your hands on here. Uh, AM2R, right? Another Metroid 2 remake that got banned by Nintendo. That's available here. And people, I mean, you can look in the Vita Homebrew uh, browser and, I mean, you'll see, yeah, December 6, 2021. People are still, you know, releasing new software, new games, new apps for the Vita via the Homebrew browser. That's not the way to get Vita, you know, or PSP or PlayStation 1 games. Like I said, you want to do that via the no pay station browser or you know i guess you could go to there are sites online you could go to like cd romance you could go to some other ones where they have eboots and all that jazz um that's an option certainly to go with as well uh because no pay station doesn't have everything but anyway other games that are ported here uh did i already mention shadow warrior i think i said that uh but you have sonic one sonic two sonic cd uh those are all there um also and this is even better there are remakes, you know, high resolution remakes of Sonic one and Sonic two for the Sega master system. Now I've said in the past on sovereign tech that I think the best Sonic games are actually an eight bit. The ones that they made, which are very different from the, from the Genesis versions of those games, Sonic one and Sonic two for the Sega master system, not the Genesis are brilliant platformers on the order of any Mario game. And have remakes, updated remakes, you know, on, on the Vita. I mean, it's just icing on the, on the fucking cake, uh, for the system. I, I absolutely love that. So there's a lot of other homebrew games that you might want to check out available in the, the homebrew browser. Uh, but that's something you're going to want to install pretty quickly. So all of that said, I mean, and I can't begin to, like I said, I couldn't begin to list all the PlayStation portable and, you know, PlayStation one games that I have installed on here. Uh, but suffice to say you could play a huge chunk of the metal gear saga at its best on the Vita from, you know, PlayStation one all the way up to like the remakes, you know, the HD remakes that got released for the Vita and the PlayStation portable and so on. Uh, so you're, you're really in for a great time, um, with all of that. And of course, you know, I play tons of tomb Raider on this as well. Um, now let's get into emulators. Uh, you can install, and this is really the end all be all, but you can install RetroArch on the PlayStation Vita and it works very well. It takes a long time to get set up just right, but it does work very well. So you are going to be able to play everything that are, that is more or less available on RetroArch. 
Uh, so you're, you're playing all the way up until like the, you know, like sixth generation of systems. Okay. Uh, you know, you're going to play like you're playing super Nintendo, Nintendo, um, you know, Genesis, Sega master system, um, you know, all, all those things that, 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 you know, they have cores, uh, you know, on, on, on RetroArch. Uh, Nintendo 64 that has a separate emulator that's called uh Daedalus X64 that works well most of the time, but I, I really don't like playing any Nintendo 64 games unless it's on the Nintendo 64 or it's a Nintendo made remake on the 3ds. Otherwise I don't really have any interest in it. Okay. Um, but, you know, you also have access to, you know, the Game Boy, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance library uh, via RetroArch that re- works really well. There is a great standalone, you know, like I said, with the N64, there's that that has a standalone emulator. There's a great standalone emulator called MGBA, which has just been around forever. That is also ported to the Vita. I actually use that to play Game Boy games um, and, it, and it does a brilliant job um, of that. So you have, you know, all of these consoles and there's a link in the show notes that'll list off all the consoles you have access to, as well as the cores you're going to want to use for the Vita itself. Um, you know, when you're, when you're putting on RetroArch, uh, but you know, you can play everything from the Vita, the PlayStation portable and the PlayStation one, and then go from the PlayStation one back, you know, go from that generation back and you can basically play everything that had come out. And that's why I say this is just you know, and, and most of them work very well. There might be a couple Super Nintendo games that play a little funny, even in RetroArch. Uh, but in general, you know, like 99% of, of what you want to play, you're going to be able to play. Um, and that's what makes this now, again, once Sony got out of the way and once you mod it, that's what makes the Vita the greatest console, you know, arguably the greatest console of all time. Um, I'm, I'm, I never want to be without this thing. <laughs> it's, it's just so wonderful how much you can play. Um, like Ellen has been using, uh, you know, Mrs. Sovereign's been using the, the switch a lot lately. And the funny thing is I, you know, I love this. I love the switch. Absolutely love it. And I will be playing more of it. Um, but I don't miss it for a second because I'll just sit right next to her and I've got the Vita in hand and you know, I'm playing all the greats. And I mean, again, once you mod it, like the level of customization that you can do to the system overall is, is just amazing. And I mean, there's such an active development community for this thing. Uh, I really like, like I, I don't have a second one at some point I'll probably get one because like, again, I'm never going to want to be without this thing. It's easy enough to actually get full kit replacements, you know? So as long as your screen and board and all that and battery are good, um, you know, you, you could essentially for like 30 bucks, you know, have a very new system, um, you know, with, the, with these kits. So, you know, again, buying an, buying a Japanese used one, I think is really the most cost effective way to go. But like any of these other handheld emulation portables, uh, the Vita just blows them away, just, just blows them away. You know, uh, the, the part that bothers me is, you know, that, that, Sadly, you know, (laughs) we're going to, I mean, there's only so many Vitas made. Fortunately, Sony made them exceptionally well. You know, in fact, it's part of the reason that it failed is because they were so expensive to make. Um, but that, 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 that worries me, (laughs) you know, because, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, and this is the importance of emulation, right? Is to preserve the ability to play these games. Um, but the Vita, you know, like there's so much to it that you really need, you know, to experience the Vita, you really need the Vita. And it's sad to consider that, you know, there, there's going to be a point in the future, you know, maybe 20 years from now, who knows, um, where there will no longer be Vitas. Hopefully, you know, some company or 3D printing or whatever, or FPGAs will be at such a stage by that time that it's easy enough for us to really make our own Vitas or emulation for Vita will, you know, I mean, who knows? Uh, I hope that, that there's something, you know, that, that the Vita will be preserved in, in some way. Uh, but for right now in 2021, this is the fucking system to own, you know, because it can play so many other systems and it can play some things like the Vita itself, you know, that no other system can. And really what it can play. And again, totally for free, right? Let's just be honest, totally for free because <laughs> you can download them all you know, whatever ROM for whatever system you could play this system for, for the next hundred years without a repeat with everything that it's capable of playing. It's nuts, you know? And again, it's still active development. Like maybe the Nintendo six, maybe Daedalus X 64, maybe the Nintendo 64 emulator will get that much better. You know, I, again, I, I, I still feel like to play, you know, Nintendo 64 games, you got to have that classic controller. You know, there's just, there's a way to experience those games. And, and I, I need to do a Nintendo 64 episode uh, as well, because that's another system that still gets a ton of active development. Um, but the Vita, man, like if, if you said to me right now, you know, Brian Sovereign, you're going to get stuck on an island. Vita Island. <laughs> if you're going to you're going to get stuck on an island, what's the one system you know, that, that you want to be stuck with and you could have all the games that you want, you know, what's the one system you'd want to be stuck on an Island with? It'd be the Vita. And I wouldn't look back. I wouldn't even think twice. Like <laughs> it's an instant answer. You know, it's all, if I can have it, you know, loaded out the way that I have my Vita loaded out easily because I'll be just fine on that Island, baby. <laughs> At least as far as video games, I'll be having the time of my life. If I can charge it, I guess I'd have to have a solar panel as well, but you know, that, that makes it even better, right? Because you could easily charge this thing with a solar panel. So again, the PlayStation Vita now, now that Sony has given up on it, now that you can crack, you know, now that you can mod it, uh, without repercussion of any kind and no system updates to come. Okay. Which kept busting the mods, uh, over the year or, you know, during its lifespan, um, you know, now that, now that it's modded and done, uh, just nothing compares. This, this is the best. This is a hardcore gamers gaming machine. You are in for such a treat with this thing. When, when, when you get your hands on one, um, <laughs> I'm sure you'll love it as much as I do. Now, before I wrap up, um, I do want to mention, so like I said, there are still games getting made for the Vita, but they are only being released physically. And that's usually being done through like PlayAsia or whatever company, you know, handles that. Um, if you look around, you know, on that big, bad internet, I'm pretty sure you can find ROMs of those physical only games, because again, the community around the system is just second to none. 
So if you're trying to find a copy of Unmetal, you know, for Vita or Sense or, you know, any of those, um, I'll just say you, you might be able to find them. And that, I mean, and they're not like in the no pace, no pace station browser, by the way, that, that I want to be clear on that. And again, see what's happening is you're getting a lot of Kickstarters that are, you know, that essentially funds the development of a lot of new games, you know, like Unmetal and some others. And again, the Vita community is so passionate. It, it seems like they're making sure because what, what'll happen is, is that when a game announces that, you know, it's in development um, or, you know, that, that they're launching a Kickstarter or some kind of crowdfund. They'll say a stretch goal, like stretch goal five. You know, if we make a hundred thousand dollars or whatever they make, we'll be, we'll port it to the Vita. And then thankfully the companies actually do, or, you know, the, the, the dev teams actually do it. And so, you know, so they'll get released for the Vita. And, and it's like the, again, the Vita Island hashtag Vita Island community is just so passionate. It seems like they make sure that if a game can be on the Vita, they're going to put the money down to make sure it can, <laughs> or to make sure that it does get developed for it. Um, and largely it's happened, you know, again, a lot of games that are new for the switch are still coming out for the Vita in 2021. And I don't see that stopping. So there's still, you know, even if you're the kind of person, yeah, but I want to, I want the excitement of new games coming out. You can still have that granted. It's a trickle, but you can still have that with the Vita. Um, and you know, <laughs> I mean, it keeps me from getting certain games on the switch. Cause I can just pop them on the Vita. Just, just saying, so get your hands on this. You're believe me, like the depths of what you can do with this thing are just, just unbelievable. And you are in for the time of your life. Um, I did mention accessories earlier. I told you about the grippy thing. I told, or I told you about the, like the thumbstick grips, uh, the L2 and R2 grips. I'm going to put links in the show notes for those, um, for the 2000 model. There is a great, uh, Hori, if you don't care about the L2 and R2, uh, Hori has a great flip case cover where it covers the screen and everything and makes it very pocketable, covers even the analog sticks. Uh, that that's a nice, uh, addition to, you know, a nice accessory, um, to have for it. But, you know, beyond that, there aren't a whole lot of things you need. I mean, it's cool because, because it has Bluetooth, uh, the Vita, you know, you can, you can connect Bluetooth headphones, um, even though it does have a one eighth jack on it. Um, but you have, you do have some options, uh, there as well, as far as controllers go. So, you know, th there's not a whole lot of accessories to get for it. Uh, but I, I definitely recommend, you know, either getting the grips, like I mentioned, or even getting that flip cover, uh, uh, case and, you know, protecting your system, um, going forward, because again, you're going to love this thing. So that's it. I'm going to wrap up this Vita episode. I may do like a Vita top eight, as well as a PlayStation portable, uh, uh top eight in the future for the gaming grid in the sovereign tech feed. But for now, Again, go grab your Vita and I will see all of you woo, on the other side.